Welcome to the Amateur Skeptic Podcast number 296. I'm your host, Brian. Join me this evening, Mac. Yeah. And, you know, Brian, if you would have, you, you're asking how we got to 296. If you would have just simply adopted a non-linear numbering format earlier in this, you know, we don't know where we would be. That, that is true. <laughs> and, of course, we have Mad Cat with us. Yep, just looking for some clippings. And he who shall never be suspended from this podcast for his acts of pornography, the dumbass himself. Where there, whenever there is a mystery and the unexplained, cosmic forces shall draw me near. Keep watching the skis, uh, skies. <laughs> How is everybody doing? Uh, you doing pretty good. I forgot to introduce Ian. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I forgot to introduce Ian. Is he here? No. Oh, there we but, go. Uh, <laughs> the part of Ian will be played tonight by me. Oh, he will really. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know. And I believe uh, Sean would like to uh, announce that uh, he has uh, uh, written a uh, a new book of uh, uh, dragon gay dragon pornography uh, in uh, in lieu of Ian. Are we are we are we finally exactly. going to get after that is, dark? That is exactly what I wanted to announce. It's <laughs> more more gay dragon pornography. <laughs> or more in the score. The real erotica. I don't know why I said that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, the title of the new one is Bow Chicka Wow Wow. <laughs> so, so, what, so what, somebody give you a wah wah pedal? <laughs> and we will be, uh, uh, we will uh, each be playing parts in the uh, audio book. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. What's, my, what's your part? <laughs> well, you'll have to buy it to find out. Okay. Anything else going wah-wah, on? boy. <laughs> nope, nothing? Nope. All right. Just I'm, uh, dealing with dead people. I'm, my life's pretty pathetic. How about yours? <laughs> Just remember that there are no small parts in porn acting. Just small parts on porn actors. Oh, is that true? Oh. What, 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 which, what, what, which part are you referring to that might be small? It's never small. It's always a skewed section of the population that's doing those videos. <laughs> It isn't somebody with Kleinfelders is doing it. That's for sure. Well, we don't know if our friend, friend's daughter knows that she's dead yet. So we're going to send her note with a death certificate done to well, it. Well, that's not a fun thing to talk about. Oh, no, yeah. Wow. Gee. Oh. That, that felt very like a non sequitur. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> we better just move on from there. What time is it? <clears throat> It is time for Ian and Dumbass's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Yeah, so this is really interesting. Right, yeah, this, um... So a woman... This is... Well, I was, gonna, I was just going to introduce it for you. But go ahead, go oh, ahead. okay, well, I mean, a woman who who, uh, who becomes a cop who was previously in Dominatrix videos gets fired for being in Dominatrix videos. That is correct. This is an article <laughs> from uh, a few years ago, um, but it just uh, came across my radar recently, and I thought it was right up our alley. The Yeah, there's this woman who uh her name is uh Kristen Hyman in uh her younger days was uh uh the star in some uh, dominatrix videos um she uh cop school uh, i guess the academy whatever whatever it is to become a cop <clears throat> and she graduated and everything but she was told that, that then she was like fired um when it came out that oh she was in these uh dominatrix videos and she she uh yeah she she was punching back on that one I would like to see the court filings because so the, because the timeline it says that she was originally she was in, she she was in the academy and just like six days before um, before graduation she was she was released that went to court and the judge reinstated her and so she, so she got to go through graduation and then immediately she's put on um, on administrative leave paid administrative leave leave um, for. For, for this contact 
And and she's being and she and they said it was conduct unbecoming an officer. I don't. I this this. I mean, she wasn't an officer at the time, so. <laughs> well, but that's exactly right. So how? Because because the the there was there was a couple of uh, as I look for articles, there was a couple of threads. One said that well, they were concerned that because she liked to beat up men, that you know that 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 she that, you know she'd be violent or they you know they that they. Could that, that's the, another thing trouble. that we're going to get to uh, when yeah. uh, they offered her her job back. Basically, um, they uh, she, uh, there, there's allegations. Uh, she says that. Uh, she was called uh, disgusting and that uh, uh, th- there was also like uh, allegations on her part that um, this might be because uh, she refused some advances. They, uh, one of the complaints that they said that was that she didn't reveal that uh, now they, they said she didn't reveal that she was a dominatrix for hire. Uh, but she she cut back. She's like, no, I was I, I never did any kind of dominatrix for hire work. I was merely an actress. And uh, she said she did put down. On her resume, that she she had done uh, uh, modeling and actress work. So I, I will say, <laughs> so she says that that yeah, and which which it technically was, but does it make any difference whether she was nude or not? She was there with with nude men. She you know the the videos show her kicking and you know, I don't think it makes any difference uh, whatsoever. I I totally agree. I think that I think it's a total red herring to 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 even bring that up. What is it? And the fact that she did these things in her past so the hell what and they they act like oh, like uh, it was a bad thing that they she didn't uh mention this specifically uh on her resume but it's like wait uh, is, that, uh, is that something you really expected to are you expected to like list every single job you've ever done on a resume no and, and no. not keep anything back so i guess uh, i've never heard of that I, I don't know i so i don't know i i don't know what it takes to be a sheriff Right. I don't know what. But I know that it, that that kind of thing for a sheriff requires a background check, I, I think. Right. And so the fact that that wasn't that that nobody found this in a background check before she was admitted to the academy is weird. I mean, background check only shows up criminal activity. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a, that depends on how how thorough a background check is. I mean, it, it if, if a PI is doing a background check, they might they might go ahead and do um you know, they they might look for all your previous activities, right? They they might go through if, your social media. If the background checks include IMDb, is she on IMDb? I don't know. I didn't check. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing uh, out a. But here's I mean, the probably probably be able to find with with a simple googling of her name. I imagine. I didn't. Yeah, I I don't know. Um. So what what it came down to though is that I don't think the videos are widely available. And the reason that the sheriff's department got them in the first place is because she broke up with a boyfriend who gave them to the sheriff's department. So, so it's part of a bad oh. breakup. Oh. Okay, so basically somebody doxed her. Oh yeah, somebody doxed I, I, her. I, totally. I didn't have that in any of my articles, but uh, yeah, that that is just terrible. But anyway, like we, we were getting to the part about because so, they, they offered her a job back, but they said that she would have to take part in a psychiatric evaluation in order to prove. That she wasn't some da- dangerous, you know, extra harsh dominatrix freak who will break up it, break out into dominatrix mode and be extra vicious on uh, on criminals because of that, uh, which makes you your eyes almost want to roll out of their heads. Well, yeah, I mean, imagine have a psych evaluation at the start anyway. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, imagine. A uh, police officer being extra harsh on a class of a class of criminal that they find. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you know, uh, you know, I always hear that that those uh, those cops are uh, very concerned about uh, uh, not uh, the, using overabundance of force and uh, trying to deescalate and, and stuff like that. They are very good at that, uh, from all accounts I've heard. Yeah. So I've got I've got a couple of articles that I read on top of what you put in here. Um, and and that's where I got the the stuff because I I googled her instead of dominatrix I googled her name okay um, and and so that's where I found the information and I and actually I watched an interview with her about it as well um and so I've got oh. so so some of the things she said and, and most of this comes out of the interview that 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 she's that she had but she said so she had a dominatrix career she called it stupid stuff I did when I was a kid fair enough right she was pretty young when she did it um. Mm-hmm. And she's not embarrassed about it. She says very clearly. Um, see, Jaime went by the moniker. I would say it's nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Domine, Domine, Nix, Dom, uh, yeah, uh, during her her dominatrix days. So that maybe maybe that would be a better way to find her. 
Um, Hyman wrote in 2011 blog about her uh, disappointment at how America s- celebrated the death of Osama bin Laden. Okay, um, Hyman said as a as a teenager she knew she was a dominatrix. So apparently this is from blogs and stuff like that. There's some other sources. A sadist and a fetishist. No, okay, no. I mean, uh, Hyman uh, will not face any criminal charges. I mean, nothing she did was illegal, right? That's the thing, is it? Nothing. None of it is. Yeah. No, she 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 didn't do anything at all, shady or illegal or anything. She she did she did uh, something that was a beautiful expression of sexuality and nobody's business to to anybody who doesn't care about that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, the latest article I could find about it was from. 2018 was the last article I could find, and of course it's been dropped since then. So I don't know if she ever got her job back. I we, the, we don't have a resolution. I and I and I yeah, I, I wasn't know. able to figure out how this resolved either. But uh, hints from the articles I did read seems to suggest that uh, she maybe uh, wasn't going to and 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 uh, had decided she just wanted to uh, push the issue uh, the the issue with them to to bring them to account or something. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that. That would be a safe working environment for her. Well, hey, that's the other problem now that she's been doxxed this way. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd imagine that maybe she, after thinking it over, she might have decided, you know what, I don't want this job. I just want uh, to uh, uh, bring them to account for treating me like this. Yeah. She said yeah. that she wanted her job back in the interview um, that I saw. But the thing is, like, like Max says, I don't. I, I think it would probably not be a good good environment for her after you know after this had happened maybe it maybe if it settled down and went away um it's it never gonna bad. it's a bunch of it's a bunch of new jersey cops yeah. entrenched and you know entrenched in the patriarchy yeah. and never gonna settle down and go away yeah i tend to agree with that i yeah it's a it's an unfortunate and but here's the thing is that this comes back to how our society regards women in porn when it's ninety percent of guys watching this stuff, right? And I and many many women uh, are watching porn, but but we don't have respect for the people doing it, right? But but we certainly want the content. Yeah, respect your porn actresses, guys. Exactly. All I've got to they're, say they're doing a beautiful thing, putting on a show for you and giving you wonderful feelings. Give them some respect. Absolutely. Exactly. And, and I also I do not think that this should affect her ability to be a police officer. I think that's stupid. Oh. Really ridiculous. In fact, it should help considering she can beat the crap out of guys. Well, she probably can't. I mean, to a certain extent. Well, who I mean, knows? A lot of this. The thing is, is that the the videos that are that she's in were consensual. The guys were there for that, right? That Absolutely. was that was part. That was part. That was part of the setup, right? Those things are these. Those, she's right that those are scripted. Whether or not she did this on the side or not, I mean, it it, it doesn't matter. It was all consensual. I mean, she claims that she uh, she didn't do any like for hire dominatrixing, like uh, coming over and uh, actually doing that stuff. And uh, where uh, without any evidence to the contrary, I'd say let's believe her on that one. I, I agree. Yeah, there's no reason to. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason to. So let's 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 skip down to Max haunted mirrors. Mm-hmm. The haunted mirrors thing. We've got this this team of uh let's see savannah underground horror podcast uh or paranormal podcast chris susie and madeline timmons we have uh revealed to us that all the mirrors in the world are haunted yeah. and they, Do are they haunted. all lead to the same mirror dimension no this is not dr strange <laughs> um no what they're what they said is that all of the mirrors are controlled by whatever is the biggest, toughest spirit closest to it, because it wants to keep a hold of the portal into our world so that they can gain the energy from that portal. So Uh, what you're saying is ghosts are like Pokemon and mirrors are like gyms. (laughs) Sure. So it was interesting what they what they said, you know, because firstly he says all mirrors are haunted. Okay, but, but, yeah. I mean, of course, and that's in 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 this particular forum, this is accepted without any sort of pushback, right? Which is what you might expect from paranormal yeah. content. Can you imagine though, like every single mirror, like you you've got like your your own personal ghost uh, traveling around with you in your pocket, uh, uh, compact uh, makeup applier, whatever you use. 
Yeah, well, and she said, and she says, and the and the lady on here says, um, what was her name? You got you got three ghosts in your car. <laughs> well, each mirror, yeah, I mean, each mirror is going to be a different spirit, right? Because yeah. it, I mean, how, unless they can defend more than one, they don't go into that. Well, no, apparently, whatever is the biggest, baddest spirit closest to it gets to control it. Yeah, so it says um, that. And a... I'm assuming, I'm assuming that they probably have the power to control more than one that was implied well you're making a lot of you assumptions so? i mean i the fact that they're there I, is the biggest assumption i guess <laughs> well there's a lot of assumptions i mean we're also uh talking mirror which means that any reflective surface at all yeah can be a mirror i mean i've got to imagine part. that uh like um it's got to be like defending a goal, right? So, like, uh, you're defending one mirror, you, you just stand in front of it and and block it off. Like, two mirrors, you're going to have to, like, jump between them. It's going to be a lot harder. Three mirrors, I don't know. I mean, like, uh, we should measure how fast ghosts are. <laughs> but don't worry. You, you can't. Don't go around just smashing your mirrors. You can lock them. There's a way to lock them. But they don't say anything about what that might be. No, because they didn't want... even say anything. They want to sell a way of locking it, or they want to bring you back for another podcast. One thing, one thing or the other, but they don't want to. They're not going to give the whole deal because that would be poor entertainment. Yeah, or marketing. Oh. Somebody made the comment uh, on the article. I I feel bad for the I feel bad for the ghost that has that is haunting my 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 uh window shade mirror on my car because that's always tucked up and there's nothing going on <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a weird claim though isn't it it's it's a really strange claim but it's it's not really all that out there i mean it's it's not it's not something brand new it's not something that the uh it's not something that they just came up with. This is something that's been talked about in paranormal cir circles for years and years. I mean, even even your um, your kids' rhymes or your your kids' games, your teenage games, Bloody Mary is going to appear in a mirror if you say her name. Mm. They did have on Nightmare uh, Elm Street, if I remember properly, they did have a sequence where he came out of mirrors. Yeah. But I'm saying that this and is, then, and of course, there's uh, not not out of a, out of a mirror, but uh, the ring uh, uh, out of a television, right? So that's true. Now I, I've got to imagine that the ghosts who haunt uh, uh, telescope mirrors must be like very cerebral. <laughs> what is it about mirrors? <laughs> there's a lot of lore about mirrors. I mean, vampires supposedly don't appear in mirrors because mirrors are backed with silver. In those old days, mirrors are backed with silver, so therefore vampires will not appear in silver. Yeah, I've I've heard that, and and so like uh, if if that's the case, then like uh, modern mirrors uh, would be able to see a vampire really well. Interesting point. Well, apparently, according to the documentary I saw about vampires, they still can't see themselves in mirrors. So what they would what they have to do is if they're trying to figure out what to wear. They just have to have their flatmates hold up clothes so that they can try to figure out what they would look like in them. This kind of creative thought about vampires, if it was the case that um, vampires give off this aura that uh, reacts with uh, silver, and that's what makes it dangerous to them. And maybe it's the case that it's not that vampires look invisible in a mirror, but that when they get close to a silvered mirror, their aura makes it go cloudy and so that it doesn't reflect anything at all. That's pretty cool. That's an interesting theory. So the um, the source for this is is it ex explore 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 is what it's is what it's is it just supposed to be explore explore dot explore dot com yeah so this this particular site uh it it says we are a site uh created by spiritual metaphysical and astro uh astrologer in enthusiasts Let's see and we are offering articles ranging from how to interpret tarot cards to wicca uh to look at information that is uh, astrological metaphysical and paranormal in nature uh, we are here to answer questions so it's a so it's a i don't know who exactly who the group is 
and you know they also you know they have they have a goal and everything um but the, you know not, of course you know the, there's nobody there, there's no there's no double checks on anything that's being put on this site right i mean i think that i, I i'll bet you you know we've seen other sites like this where where one person you know one one group is putting up their stuff and another's putting up another and they might contradict each other but they they probably don't care no cuz you know it's all it's all entertainment anyway but I, I did notice that the uh, the site didn't take this claim about paranormal mirrors particularly seriously themselves. Yeah, they they seem to kind of to brush it off a little bit. It was enough that they wrote an article about it. <laughs> you look at the headings for this site, so it's news, okay, dreams, astrology, paranormal, um, UFOs and aliens, and fortune telling and divi- and divination. Oh, I remembered another reference. Anybody remember that uh, Hug a Bunch movie? No, a long time ago. Yeah, uh, basically, you get get into the mirror hug a bunch world uh, by hugging them, and that softens the mirror, and then you can step through it. That's okay. Weird. <laughs> I have never heard of. That. Oh, and then of course there's uh, Alice in Wonderland. None of us mentioned that. Well, oh, yeah, right. Alice through the Looking Glass, yeah. right? Well, and it was what's the uh, the one where you go through the uh, the wardrobe, the the line, the witch in the wardrobe, Narnia. Yeah. Narnia. It's going through a portal, but maybe not a mirror. Maybe there's a mirror on the. Inside of the panel, yeah, the meaning of oh, uh, the 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 uh, the spirit that haunts uh, the queen's mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think she found someone she didn't like and just put them in the mirror. The, the dream stuff, depending the, on which version. The dream stuff is always interesting because there's so many different, you know, I mean, interpretations. I mean, everybody wants to interpret dreams that mean more than you know than the they, they, they always want to put some sort of meaning into them. Um, and there's one down here that's interesting. Um, the meaning of a dream uh, with snakes. All sorts of all sorts of stuff here. Meaning with snakes? What does it say about that? I don't know. As I just read the title. A lot of interesting titles here. So um, the uh, the thing about the locking the mirror. Yeah. They said that if you banish the spirit the spirit from the mirror that the next spirit will just take over. So they, you need their special locking technique. <laughs> you know, but this is... <laughs> They're in a queue. <laughs> this is great if you're into voyeurism, though. <clears throat> so is it a four-payment plan? <laughs> just put a mirror in your bedroom so somebody can always be watching. Voyeurism. Yeah. What would that be if it was... If I mean, was... like, uh, yeah, put, put, let's put a mirror in my bedroom. See, uh, see how... Uh, let's test this uh, spirit's ability to endure. I run over you again. <laughs> All right. Let so I don't know. Let's let's jump back up to dumbasses. <laughs> Mysterious, unearthly pink glow in Australian night sky turns into a marijuana farm. Turns out to be. Oh, it a turns marijuana out to farm. be. Oh, yeah, yeah. It didn't turn into it. It turns out to be. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, it could still be run by aliens. Yeah. We did not look into that, Brian. You should have been there in order to get uh, the the actual skinny on this, because <laughs> as far as I can see from the, this article, nobody looked into that possibility. Well, that missed opportunity. Okay. <laughs> yes, there, there are pictures here. This unearthed pink glow does look uh, kind of like something you'd see in a movie about... Uh, uh, extraterrestrials landing or some sort of uh, weird extraterrestrial or magic phenomena happening. This big glow in the in the night sky that people all over. This is the town of, uh, let me just find it here, Mildura in northwest Victoria. After a while, uh, searching uh, to figure out what the source of this uh, glow was, they came across uh, uh, a marijuana farm. Which uh, apparently it's uh, one of those uh, greenhouses. M- marijuana uh, need, uh, depending on the strain, very specific uh, light and dark cycles in order to grow properly. And apparently, LED bulbs that uh, are currently popular to use in order to uh, regulate uh, their light uh, gives off this reddish pink glow. And uh, somebody had had left some openings uh, in. Uh, the building, so it was a so the light leaked out and caused this big phenomenon. It is really cool looking. <laughs> I have actually heard of something like this here in the states. And before the before we say anything further, I'm going to preface this by saying it's not a joke. Uh, but up in Oregon, they were seeing a 
a haze like this that they found to be over a over a marijuana grow as well. And I believe it was a legal a legal marijuana grow like this. In the case of the one in Oregon, it was uh, not kidding a purple haze. I guess that could be. I mean, because down here it tells you why why the color is what it is. It talks about the um uh let's see the LED light for cannabis growing are often purple or pink, right? So so right in the article, they're 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 so either either color seems to work well. Um, and I don't so the photonic photon flux density PPFD is and in some cases reaches two thousand. Yeah, so I'm not exactly. I I I don't. I'm not sure. I know enough. Know what that even really means, but it must affect the color of the light. I do. So uh, yeah, I, I like to imagine that uh, the workers who uh, left uh, the doors open uh, had gotten high, and maybe they were like outside with a uh, with a projector, taking taking in something, getting high and taking taking in something. Maybe uh, maybe the X Files, and as people are like investigating these lights, they just hear do 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 do. <laughs> you know what I like to imagine is that every time somebody thought it might be the uh, might be the marijuana grow and we're going to investigate it further, they just end up going and getting nachos instead. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you look on uh, Amazon for for modern um, grow lights, so LED grow lights are purple and pink. The, the LEDs themselves are, are, are put off those yeah, colors. Yeah. The other factor on this, though, too, is that the uh, any any marijuana grow that is active puts off an awful lot of chemicals, and those chemicals can pick up those lights and reflect them. So there's a lot of residue in the air above the grow. Right, and it looks like uh, uh, from these pictures that uh, it was like the perfect conditions with a uh, uh, low-hanging cloud ceiling, very overcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's very eerie looking, isn't it? I mean, if you saw that, you you know you'd yeah, <laughs> you'd be you'd be calling everybody you know, like yeah. is everybody okay? Anybody heard anything about those lights? Can you see those too? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but it is clearly coming from the ground, so. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, lighting up the sky above it, but it's a lot of light. Mm, definitely. That's like it's true. Yeah, they they've made like a lot of strides and understand with uh, LED technology. Yeah, Mad Cat is going to tell us about clip. Is it clipnosis? Kitty clipnosis? Clipnosis. Yes, it is clipnosis. It is an interesting. Uh... <laughs> she muted. Okay, she's gone. <laughs> Wait. Maybe she doesn't know that she's muted? I don't know. Uh, sorry about that. A kitty clipnosis, it's a situation where, you know, that itself will make you think that, you know, that's a disease or something. I found this while I was looking through, uh, just looking through Amazon, and I thought, what the heck, a clip for putting on the back of the cat's neck? What the, this has got to be a joke. And... Is the theory no, behind so it I... that uh, it feels like a, a mother's bite on the back of their neck? That's what they do say. Yeah, that's the reason the clip clip apparently works because it, mother cat would hold the baby by the scruff and it would go still, basically most of them. Uh, so the prognosis, or what exactly the thought of, was that it would with an adult cat or kitten or whatsoever in order to help uh, being able to do uh, small things like clipping the claws or whatsoever. And I thought, that's, that's got to be a joke. So yeah, if, that, if, that, well, if that was the case, you'd think that it would be common practice when <clears throat> you're doing this with cats to do it yourself or have somebody close by to just like grab them by the scruff of their neck while you're doing other stuff to them. I think that's yeah. what they found. So this is from the uh, the university, uh, Ohio State University. Yeah, that did and this research. I, I was amazed when I actually did find that because I kept on searching and searching, and I found this person's reference about it. That he was he did this at home to test it, and it worked on all of his cats, and his dogs too. So okay, so dogs too. So it says uh, cats generally seem uh, more content sometimes even per they have less fear during uh, uh, veterinarian procedures and the clips that they use instead of restraining um, 
by some by somebody else. So instead of so instead of a bunch of people pinning them down, you put that clip on the back of the neck. And I mean, I would would that work for dog grooming? It. I don't uh, think it would because it. I I don't think it does. Sorry, I apologize for that, man. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, is that it only lasts for a certain amount of time. So you have to do whatever you're going to do fairly quickly. It has to be something that's not going to take a lot of time. Okay. So is that what you were getting to, Mac, that, that it would take too much time for the grooming? No, I don't think the dogs have quite the same instinct. I know that they're picked up by the neck as puppies, but I don't think that um, the scruff of the neck works works quite the same with them. Okay. Uh, but the other, oh, sorry, it was the other thing I was going to say, though, is that my daughter is a is a cat rescuer and she's very against the technique of what she calls scruffing. And that's kind of what this is, is scruffing. Okay. Yeah. But there's kind of a difference between scruffing and putting a clip on, on back of their neck. Scruffing is also uh, the strength of a person being put on that animal. And it's not, it's not a light grab it by the, by the, Scruff and pick it up lightly. It's a ab and hold. It's uh, heavy-handed, basically. Whereas this clipnosis is supposed to be soft-handed. So this is interesting. It says when the cat, when the cats in the study saw the clip, they often would lie down. Um, if the cat were hurt by them, they would have seen the, those clips and tried to get away. Um, if anything, huh. the effects uh, on them is positive. I imagine yeah, as long as the pressure of the clips isn't too hard, they'll probably be okay with it. Like, um, you'd, you'd be okay with uh, uh, some sort of clip uh, on the back of your hand or whatever, um, yeah. uh, depending on how tight it is. So what it says is that they found that the pressure is no more intensive than a blood pressure cuff. Those can hurt. <laughs> they can't. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, they, can so. feel, they can feel a little uncomfortable, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I've never found them that painful. I'd like to see this in action. Uh, this is so. This is back from two thousand eight. Oh, you did. So you ordered some. So this is a study from uh, February two thousand eight uh, in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery. It was actually something done by professionals. Uh, actually, the what it was done in two thousand seventeen, but they did the journal in two thousand eighteen. Wait, what? Do, what was done? In... <clears throat> they did the study in two thousand seventeen. Well, okay, but the well, the study that I'm looking at that you put in here from the Ohio State University is from 2008. Oh, was, I I got my numbers. The right. the study it's, appears in in the February yeah, 2008. It was 2007 yeah. is what I mean. Does well, that makes sense because I got I got the, the I just got the wrong number there because my <laughs> brain kind of flipped things around a bit. Yeah, you have to do the research before you can publish it. Right. I think Mac was going to say something. No. Um, but I don't know. It, it is quite possible that this would react with that scruff scruff management. Uh, it seems to be working for everyone, so I don't... Uh, it was done as a study. I still understand what the difference between this and scruffing is. What What, exa what is scruffing? <clears throat> you know, this is also kind of similar to... Um, I know, like, they sell uh, for dogs, and I think so, for cats uh, as well, these... Um, uh, kind of jackets that you put on them that that hold them tight, uh, which has a calming effect. No, it doesn't have a calming effect. That's 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 swaddle basically. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have one. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it works better on certain animals than others. It makes it so they can't get hold of you easy. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Matt, did you want to say what scruffing is? Um, scruffing is literally basically grabbing an animal, animal by the scruff of the neck in order to kind of control them. But isn't that and what it's it... generally considered to be a technique that is more forced than gentle. So, okay. I, you know, I, I, what is scruffing when you use it as a sex act? Same thing. Manageable. Oh. Yeah, so uh, if it's scruffing as a sex act, you've got to basically sink your teeth into the back of your into the back of your partner's neck and carry them around uh, while they hang limp. Ah, who knew my so, my uh, kink was scruffing all along? Yep. <laughs> Where does that come in on your list? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'd like to I'd, I'd like to ask my my daughter to take a look at this and have her weigh in because she definitely knows a lot more about cats than I do at this point. And I'd just like to hear her opinion on it. So this I would like to hear her opinion as well, considering the fact that she does work with the feral animals and everything. Yeah. That yeah. would be wonderful. I mean, if you could even bring her on a, sometime. She has a better success rate with um I, I would say a better than average success rate with actually getting feral animals back to a point where they can be in homes. That's an excellent statement for her. Yeah. I'm getting the clip so I could try that out too. Okay. It, it may, I, I think that, you know, it, it's one thing to do this on a, on a cat that's already domesticated and then something else to do it on a feral cat. I mean, I just, I wonder if, what the success rate is. I don't, I don't really, the study doesn't say. It's an interesting. I mean, it doesn't no, it say anything, do about anything about feral about cats, right? So, so, so this is done with you know this this is your your you know this is a cat that's already used to people. Yeah, and they did mention something in uh, I think the behavioral. They did mention something about uh, differences in uh, whether a cat has been and and raised or whether the cat has been raised by the mom or whether you know it's completely different situation. So there may be a lot of situations where, or, or some situations it works, some it doesn't, and some partially, who knows? Well, that's always going to be the case with something like this, I would think. Well, yeah. But, but the I mean, fact like that, you said, you know, ferals. Yeah. I don't even know if you'd want to try it on a feral cat. Maybe. Um, there, There is some uh, protective gear now that is, that's a, Almost like Kevlar for the arms and the chest for uh, working with animals. <laughs> well, I'd be I'd be interested to hear what Max's daughter has to say about it because me too. I I really would be. So I've got um, one in here about <clears throat> how many genders humans have. Ooh, that so, should be fun. Well, so here's you know as, as we because we keep talking about this stuff. I, I think that we we we've had quite a few discussions about this, and it's something I think that oh I think we're all kind of exploring, and 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 to me it's that still a lot of this is new, you know, because we have, and 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 I work with people, and maybe it's their age, but I find it, like that they they see younger generations, and I think it's just I think it's just you know cranky old people, quite frankly, and you know they. They say, you know, they, we see people who are, um, who claim to be not, um, have, have no gender, right? Gen, gender or non-binary. Um, and, you know, I have a coworker that said, that's the stupidest thing that, that, that this, these, these younger generations have come up with. And I said, well, it, it's really not. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it actually makes a lot of sense that people might feel this way. And, of course, I didn't really get to explain myself. Um, but that's when, I, that's when I had the, the to, to Google this because I, because I had heard um, an article talking earlier about, um, uh, what is it? It's yeah. Your article says uh, six most common uh, biological right. sexes, yep. which is kind of a different thing than gender, right? Well, so. okay, bio. Okay, yeah. So, so you're right. It is different than gender. We're talking about biological sex and not and not gender. Okay, so this, so that so that's one thing that to be specific about as well. So I'm talking about the most common sexes um, in humans. Gender gender is something a little bit different, but Gender, I also still find a little confusing because part of it is social and part of it isn't, right? Gen, gen, yeah. And, and part of it is... And by is, biological uh, uh, sexes, you mean like there are more than just uh, uh, the uh, uh, XY combination and XX that we know right. female and male. There are also different combinations that you might not even know uh, you are. So the reason I thought to look this up in the first place is because there was a, um, a study done with uh, slime mold. Was it slime mold? And they can have up to like seven hundred um, sexes, and I thought that that's kind of crazy. I would I, I had no idea that the species could have that many different sexes, and 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 why that would be. And of course, the 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 spore mold or the slime mold, spore mold. I forget which. I mean, um, you know the ones that I'm talking about because they show they they show the growth patterns and stuff like that. That um, <laughs> these these large colonies can have a lot of different sexes. So I googled how many sexes do humans have, and of course, Answers with Genesis hates this because they had they had they they have a direct rebuttal to um, you know to to this idea that that humans have six six different sexes, and they say they only have two. But when you start to look at phenotypes, 
or karyotypes rather, karyotypes. There are six common um, combinations of karyotypes that that humans can have that um, that are viable. There's a lot of now, others. Now, that... I haven't heard the word karyotype before. Would you mind explaining that? Um, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can. I think I can. The si- uh, yeah, I, it, maybe, maybe this will explain it. Um, because yeah, because so I I certainly don't understand everything that's going on here. But so when we're talking about karyotypes, they're talking about like like a um, most common female is XX, and the most common male is XY, right? Um, but right. but those are not the only combinations. So so it so th- this so 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 they're basically um, you said most common female, most common male. So there are other combinations that result in female uh, or male, but with the certain variation there. Right. So you can be just X, and it says roughly one in two thousand to one in 5,000 people uh, will only have an X chromosome. So I think that they would present it as, uh, present, you would you see them as female. They call that Turners. Um, and then, of course, XX is the most common female type. And then XXY, so roughly one in 500 to one in 1,000 people will, will have um, will have Kleinfelders. They call that Kleinfelders. Um, and I and I've heard I've heard Kleinfelders before, but never never identified that necessarily as as another um, another sex. Um, and then the the so XY, which is most common most common male, right? XY, and but you can be XYY, and so it says roughly one in a thousand people are going to be X XYY, and then of course the next one, well of course, but uh, not necessarily of course, but XXXY. Roughly one in eighteen thousand to one in fifty thousand people are born with these, and so you can be born. Then, what's that, Brian? Yeah, uh, real quick, Brian. One of those, I think it's XXXY. Yeah, is supposed to be like uh, it, it's rumored to be super, super sexual with the pretend with the propensity for violence. Where did you read that? Uh, it's. I was actually watching a documentary on the the most uh the most prolific serial killers of the 70s and 80s and, and i believe it was the green river killer who described himself as being like xxy maybe it was xxy so x xxy is kleinfelders and which is for, is which is pretty common i guess people with kleinfelders and does that uh result in uh, some sort of uh, observable difference smaller genitalia for one thing ah mm-hmm. Yeah. So Well, definitely not me then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh boy, I have a big one. So Mac, if you have a reference for that, I think that would be interesting. Um uh, you, you, but, Yeah, I don't it's just okay. it's something I heard I'd have to look up. I didn't I didn't look I, I so I my exploration has not gotten me to, to anything like that. But he, here's here's the thing is that people want you I see a lot of people that would like this to be simple, and it's not simple. And in this in, in this particular um, uh, article goes into how the your brain can be one sex, your body can be one sex, and your reproductive organs can be another sex. Right? Everything you can you can have. You, I mean, so so the, so we, so people can have incongruencies, and if people have these incongruencies, the idea that they might not identify with male or female makes it. A fuckload of sense to me, and in the idea that we would have that we would have somebody saying, "Oh, this is just stupid that that people they're saying this." It, it, we're not teaching biology very well, and and maybe and maybe now we know we of course know more about biology than when you know, when these people that are in their fifties went to school, right? But I don't I know. Mean, we, also... we are talking about uh, biological sexes here, <clears throat> which I, I think uh, most people don't even uh, know if they fall into. Any of these uh, other categories, I'm not sure uh, how relevant it is, but um, when you're talking about like uh, uh, society, like uh, our idea of gender, uh, what uh, what we feel like in society, um, it, it is a thing, and, I, and I've said this before, where uh, I think both people who uh, are trans and people who are anti-trans are in the same boat in that uh, their idea of what gender means to them is like vitally important to their self-identity. And they just can't get their mind around uh, these other people. Yeah, I mean that it's it's certainly a problem, right? I mean, but <clears throat> at, at what point do do we start being okay with the fact that this is that this is 
much more um much muddier there there's much more gray than there is a black and white when it comes yeah, to yeah, sex and gender yeah in one sense you can argue that it doesn't even matter uh uh any of the um uh biological sexes that you might find out because it's just a thing like if somebody wants to identify in a certain way why not just let them but i i think that if we can explain to people why somebody might want to identify as non-binary if they can understand that 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 sex is not quite so simple and that we have these six sexes that that you can and that somebody could have three of them you know in mm-hmm. different areas of their body that maybe they might also be more accepting of the fact that okay yeah i i can see why somebody what somebody might feel that way mm-hmm. right the I, issue I, is is getting people to accept reality of it uh-huh. Because a lot of times people don't. It's just, we've got this and that's that. Right. Well, but there's a lot of that going on and there's a lot of intolerance too. Yes. Right. And and that's what I that's what I hear when I hear somebody saying, oh, that's the stupidest thing this generation has come up with. Um, actually, it, it kind of makes sense to me. Right. It, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's more honest than previous <clears throat> generations. Yeah. But you, you got to you got to think about it, too, that the thing is like. The idea of what gender is to us has been like such a huge, important thing, basically throughout history. And people, especially in previous generations, have felt very pressure to adhere to uh, very specific gender norms. And they've aligned their self-identity with that so strongly and, and feel like this is the way it should be that it just it's understandable that it sounds like nonsense when uh, people come along and say, Oh no! Uh, all that, all, all all that is wrong. We can be uh, different uh, genders than our genitalia. I think that that's the fault of Western culture. I, I mean, I agree. Uh, uh, a lot yeah. of it has to do with our Victorian culture, but you know, yeah. I, I think that um, uh, throughout human history, we've basically had uh, very fucked up ideas about uh, uh, sex and gender. So I think you know, in Native American cultures, they were. I think that I think that some of them, at least, were more accepting of this. The Sioux. But that know, is true. You know, had had you know, had, they they recognize that people don't always be male and female, and they and they actually had places for for the people who had those kinds of um, those feelings. In, in terms of uh, of gender, I think uh, possibly because uh, uh, I I know uh, throughout uh, European history uh, uh, and around that area that women especially have been like we we think about uh islam with making uh, women cover their face all the time that that takes back to the ancient romans and uh, even further ancient greeks i believe uh even further than that yeah so there's he he brings up some really interesting uh case studies in this article and one of them is the case of Riley grant and Riley grant um and I, i'm sure that they didn't even notice this till till Riley hit puberty is this, the, is this the one? Yeah, Riley presented as, as a biologically male, but he started to get sick. And it was found out later that he also had a set of female reproductive organs, and, but there was no outlet for the blood. So, um, and so, he would, so they were getting sick until, until they figured it out. So yeah, so two sets, two sets of, of sex organs Riley had. Uh, did they, how did they fix that? Did they give them, uh, did, did they uh, take out... But what what do they call that when uh, they take out Hist- your uh... the hysterectomy? Hysterectomy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hysterectomy, I mean, yeah. I, I'm not sure. Um, it it I, doesn't say in here. It doesn't say in here what what the what the result of that was. Just the fact that this can happen. What was uh, was interesting. Um, then there's the case, the reverse case of it says David Reiner, who uh, born in 1965, um, so had two um, two sets of DNA. And was not the father of his own children, right? Um, the other DNA was Brian. Yeah. Can I throw something here real quick? Yeah, please. It's not X X Y. It's X Y Y. Is considered to be more prone to violence. So that's one in a thousand people. It says. I mean, that's so it would seem. That's a fairly big number. Yeah, it's it's essentially, it's it's ten times the normal level of. Paroles, which can lead to more aggressive and violent behavior in men. When did they start classifying that, Mac, and, and even looking for that in? Um, you know, I no? don't know. Uh, they did. They did. The, what they're talking about here is serial killer Arthur Shawcross. Okay. And I'm not even. I'm not even familiar with that particular killer. So the documentary I was ta- I was watching was about Bundy, 
um, Ridgeway, Gacy, Dahmer, and oh, um, BTK. I don't remember. I don't remember BTK's name. Hmm. And so, and did, were they all XYY? No, I don't. I didn't find anything to okay. say that. One of them claimed to be XYY, and I don't know whether it was Ridgeway or whether it was BTK. So, but um, the the thing that caught my attention about this, I had always thought about that about those particular five killers that they were not contemporary, but they were all pretty much doing stuff at the same time in that same two decades, and sometimes, you know, at the same time as each other. But the fact that one of them might have been XYY doesn't really tell us much, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't tell us a whole lot. That's correct. But I just, I did throw, I did think it would be interesting to throw in there while you're talking about different genders. I mean, I I, I can't say that there's not anything to that. I just would be hesitant to, 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 without, without a lot more data, to say that something like that might be the case. Yeah, and it also it also may give somebody an excuse to say, okay, well, I'm X Y Y, so I can just go ahead and do this. It's, it's not my fault. So, I mean, but the, the, but the, there's something to be said for people who who have these other karyotypes might not feel, you know, the the same way that that we expect a male or a female to, and and might have you know different presentations and and different feelings about things. And if we're not accepting about that, it could certainly lead somebody down a bad path, right? It could definitely. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's it, it is. I mean, let's let's look at the fact that people of different people of different uh, genders not being accepted will lead to suicide in a lot of cases. Well, suicide is violence directed within. Homicide is violence directed without. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It can it can kind of go either way. That it it just I don't know. It I, I find it frustrating in a lot of ways, right? I mean, um, the 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 case we we have to meet people where they are, right? And uh, and and just because we and and it's it's hard to it's sometimes hard to empathize when we don't understand that you know their position. That is very true. And um, I have a couple of friends who had transitioned, and they had that problem. A lot of people who did not understand, they did not understand why other people couldn't understand why they transitioned. So I guess I'm looking at the case of uh, David Reiner, and and they were, um, and they were born as twins, but one of them thought that they that they were um had a, had a female brain, and so you know, in the, the you know debunking the idea of a blank slate. I mean, we we know that that you know that some somebody who has a uh, I guess is it gender dysphoria, and and wants to go through transition probably has if they're a male probably has a female brain and feels more like a female, and I think that that's the it it makes sense once we start to identify it. Um, anyway, so there's there's a lot of interesting cases in here, and there's a lot more data, and and I just keep trying to educate myself a little bit more and try to be a little bit more um, understanding and um, be able to explain to people when they say. You know, it's that that all well, the, these kids, uh, you know, that's stupid and be able to, to, you know, maybe give give a little bit more information to a person who thinks that that's stupid. Well, so, you know, I mean, because if you say to somebody, you know, humans have six genders. I mean, people that sounds that sounds crazy, like right? They're probably, six, not gonna, they're probably just going to think you're making stuff up, though. Well, but I but but if I can but if I can show evidence, right, if they look at yeah. I mean, not genders, but sixes, I mean, if humans have six viable sexes. Right. And we're only and we're only and we're expecting everybody to identify in two categories. We're doing mm-hmm. a lot of people a disservice. Enough. Yeah, I suppose I, I kind of I feel like um, uh, it's kind of beside the point that uh, understanding uh, why they feel uh, the way they do isn't important. I have trouble understanding uh, what the this feeling is of being a, uh, not the gender of your genitals. Uh, I don't really understand that, but it doesn't mean that I can't accept it, right? It's like, it, it doesn't have anything to do with me. It's like, uh, e- even if uh, I don't understand why you're feeling that way, uh, I don't have to be against it. So, but what do you say to somebody who says this idea of somebody, um, you know, identifying as non-binary is stupid? I was confused uh, when my other friend told me about that. I just, my brain no, um, process. 
I don't know if I really have uh, any good comeback to that. So, and and okay, but so there, so in lies the 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 issue I was trying to solve, right? Mm. And and not to say that I solved it because I don't know, but if I can, but if I can say to somebody, listen, you know, humans have six sexes, and it's possible for their for their brain and their their the way that they physically present and their and their and their sexual genitalia to have different sexes, all of them be different. That that can really that can really affect the way a person feels. Right to have those incongruencies. I mean, in yeah, them, that right? that is true. I'm I'm sure that's uh, probably the cause of uh, a lot of uh, uh, these things. So, I mean, I was looking for something to to try and help people understand why somebody might feel that way because I didn't I I didn't know, and but I don't have any problem accepting that that they may feel non-binary. I, I'm I'm probably more uh, idealistic. I I feel like it shouldn't really take understanding in order to just be like. Well, if you if that's what you want to do, uh, live and let live. Right, but as a curiosity, I I'm 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 fascinated by the fact that people somebody might feel that way, and why is it that they might feel that mm. way? Right, whether I accept it or not is, is is one piece, but then but then there's the the you know that analytical piece of what what might bring somebody to that. You know, if, I kind of like thinking to that that myself. Yeah, and I think that and I think that both are okay, right? I mean, I you I want to accept the person as is. But then I also want to understand why why is it that, that they might feel that way, and I think that having the understanding of that 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 you know that biological sex is not so simple and gender is not so simple is is helpful in in saying okay so they they feel differently than I do how do we explore that how do we have that I, conversation go ahead Max sorry I think humanity is not that simple it's not just gender but I think that humanity is. You know, we are so infinitely complex in our in our thoughts and what we feel that to put it down to just I, I would say that there's probably infinite genders. Infinite genders, but not necessarily infinite sexes, right? I mean there there are well, pro- there are probably infinite ways to uh represent yourself gender wise. So how do you explain that to a culture of people who have, who have been taught, you know, for 50 years that there's males and there's females? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, uh, I'm not I'm not sure if you can really make it make sense <laughs> to somebody uh, who especially has um, uh, bought a wholesale into this idea, this strict idea of gender and how they must be in order to live in a society, these exacting uh, gender norms. But, Which you know, I know uh, we we here tend to uh, sneer on that, but these these are like a a solid, very important part of these people's self identity that we're telling them is wrong. And to, to well, you, you start off you start off, Brian, by explaining to them that there's good evidence in the Bible that <laughs> Jesus was intersex. <laughs> oh, that would be good. <laughs> but Mac, I was going to say, <laughs> hey, at the very least, the man was an ace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mac, you're the only one here in the in this generation that I'm complaining about. <laughs> I am not in that generation. Oh, you're not. I am not a. I am not a boomer. I am out. I'm past the boomer generation. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I, are you a little? Yeah, you're. Well, but you're you're a little older, right? I'm a little older, but okay. I'm not a boomer. Well, I mean, okay. Yeah, you're like what Gen X? Yeah, I think so. Okay. They're depending on uh, who's doing the uh, where they put the demarcation point. I'm either like a, uh, a millennial, a Gen Xer, or a cusper. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it. it I'm not clue. There is some. There, okay, <laughs> I read a book. I because I used to poo poo it completely, but I read I read I read a book about about you know the generations, and I understand from from a. Um, from a research point of view, that these things make sense, but from just a day to day, you know, position on things, it 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 just it just gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And basically, uh, uh, millennial have just become uh, uh, old people. Uh, the, the new old people uh, playing for kids these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. You know, th- there's hope for people because Mac gets it. <laughs> nothing, because, nothing Mac. Uh... <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing. Okay. I was really trying to set you up for grumpy old man, but yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes I'm grumpy old man. Sometimes I'm not. <laughs> um, I would, uh, I would ask though, Brian, that you uh, get the fuck off my lawn. 
Anyway, yeah. so I, I, I continue to explore and I continue to understand more because I do think there, there's utility in being able to say to somebody, you know, when, when they say, well, that's stupid, to say, well, maybe it's not so stupid because of these things, right? Does, does, it, does it solve it for sure? No, but at least it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. The other uh, thing is, is that people just do not like to think outside of sex they are. Well, or what sex they pertain to be by their sexual organs. It's I mean, how much of it is? Well, if you're if you're talking about if you're talking about people can have more than one gender, how far of a how far of a leap is it from that to? Well, I'm not so sure about what gender I am, so we better just shut this whole thing right down right now. <laughs> you know, the one thing that we keep doing through this whole conversation. Is is mixing you know sex and gender, and and I think we've yeah, all done it's it. It's difficult it's, to. It's it is very difficult to to unravel those two. Um. Yeah. Because and gender is more fluid than even I think than even biological sex and biological sex is is not so clear either. Right. Nothing's clear. Yeah. Oh wait, I better put my glasses on. <laughs> but I do think mm. I, I do think trying to nice. accept that and and trying to accept things that we don't fully understand, I think it's important to understand that that, that that somebody can feel some way that we just can't that we can't identify with and that's okay. And sometimes it's not even clear to a person uh, about their gender and I think there should be room in society for people to experiment with that. I do too. Absolutely. And I think that non-binary is, is, is perfectly appropriate. I think, I wonder though, that if we had, um, if we had a better layout for, you know, for, for sex and gender, if, if we had more, um, I don't know, categories, if we, if we were able to expand it, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of a sliding scale that, that maybe somebody could find themselves on a scale like that who doesn't identify as either male or female. Mm. And maybe that's the wrong approach. I mean, maybe that's not even a valid approach. I, I just don't know. I just think that we need to explore more than just male and female. I've had people ask me before um, why I never thought that I was a guy. <laughs> and it's it's a weird statement for someone to ask you. And it sounds had... like it sounds like somebody is is deciding that you look a certain way and saying, well, why don't you ever, why didn't you ever think you felt this way? No, it's not about looks. It's about how I act. Yeah, you mean because uh, you were a um, tomboy when you were uh, younger, right? Yeah, I was a tomboy when I was younger. And I have, this one friend I have has a tendency of saying that I am more masculine than many of his male friends. Uh, (laughs) And that... You were always very rough and tumble. Well, do you know what house your son sign is in? Because maybe that would be the. Answer. <laughs> yeah, that my sons, my sons are in uh, Scorpio. All right. Anyway. All right. Let's go. Well, but what house is it in? What house is it in? It's very important. What, what house, house? House it is. Yeah. Ah, uh, Sagittarius. I think it and was. Are, are there? What? It's one through twelve. And four. <laughs> There's twelve houses. There's twelve houses. I am not playing that game with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. What else we got in here that we got to cover? Um, you want to cover plesiosaurs? We got the plesiosaur stuff. It's going to be short. The The thing about the plesiosaur is just simply that they found more evidence that plesiosaurs were freshwater creatures as well as saltwater. And they found this specifically in England. So they were, you know, basically it's making people who believe that the Loch Ness Monster A exists and B is a plesiosaur. Very happy to hear that. Yeah. Where's the poop? Well, it would dissolve in the water, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> yes, it would. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. You don't know anything about fish poop. <laughs> I know all about fish poop. I clean fish poop on a weekly basis. Right. That's fish the thing. Exactly. Dissolved. You clean fish poop. There which means it isn't, it isn't completely dissolved. Well, never and you know, what, you know what happens with fish poop? What happens with fish poop? It, it dissolves in the water and sinks into the bottom. Right. Buddy. And, you know, if you can get somebody in there with a fish tank siphon to go siphon the bottom of Loch Ness and they don't find fish, they don't find plesiosaur poop in there, I will believe that it doesn't exist. <laughs> I think that they've done that. I, I, I think that that is what has actually been done. 
is looking for bio- biological evidence of, of a creature that large living in there. And, and I know. Yeah, exactly. But what was funny is but, that the researcher at the end of this dismisses it <laughs> even more so than the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's just simply saying that the plesiosaur could live in fresh water. Yeah, I think. It, but there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of evidence that we don't have a viable population of plesiosaurs that have lived over the last you know several million years. Right. Yeah. yeah. They 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 because, all. Died. But uh, but we haven't looked uh, on the inside of the hollow earth, have we? We have not. That is true. <laughs> but I think inside the hollow earth, they would have been eaten by Godzilla because that's where he lives. That is true. Uh, I haven't seen that. In, oh, wait, no, that's from the new films. No, that's that's where King that's Kong lives new. in the new in the new films, not Godzilla. Well, Godzilla lives there too. Here. Godzilla, I guess Godzilla has an underground cave that he was in. So, no, it, it led to the Hollow Earth, though. Anyway, I, so I was. It, we don't. We may not have. <laughs> we may not have the same recollection of this. <laughs> so Stephen Feldman, who is a, a who is a Loch Ness monster, I guess. I don't know if he's a researcher or whatever, but he says, I shrug to think of any uh, bona fide Nessie hunter who still who still believes in the plesiosaurus. He said, the hunt has moved on from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're behind the time, Grandpa. <laughs> I think of that disappointment. Say good night. Good night, everybody. That is another plesiosaurus swimming up the camp. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Share-Alike No Derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Canold. Find more Peter's music at SoundCloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.